Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. <laughs> a little coughing fit there, right, right before you go to the air. It's kind of funny. Sure. Just one of those mm-hmm. like my, It's like my hiccups the other day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which after 14 years of doing this, I'd never had hiccups on the air before. Really? That was exciting. But they did pass. They did pass. Quickly. I was able to gulp enough air to mix it up. Excellent. Hey, uh, thanks for being with us today. It's a Thursday afternoon, and it's not just any afternoon. No, 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 no. Today is opening day. Now listen, today, everything is optimism. Mm -hmm. Keep it going, Lex. Yep. Everything is sunshine. Yep. Everything is possible Mm -hmm. as of right now. Exactly. Because the Pirates, like all other Major League Baseball teams, they start the season, no wins, no losses. Mm -hmm. Roger Angel, he's one of the, uh, the greatest baseball writers in history. He writes this. With the exception of an opening day no hit game pitched by Bob Feller in 1940, no baseball history was ever made on opening day. Yet, fans thronged to their home parks in very large numbers for these chilly inaugurals because opening day represents so much to them. It is a ceremony of renewal and welcome, a celebration of the simultaneous return of springtime and baseball time, a brief moment of pure hope and a noisy, cheerful restoration of the bonds of loyalty and affection that bind the fans to their home club Mm. and vice versa. The games mean little to the players who will be back the next day and the next week, of course, to struggle with the difficulties of their arduous profession, but its meaning for the fans are psychic and profound. The fans who turn up on opening day are not the family groups who come to the park in such numbers on warm summer nights or sunlit Sunday afternoons, nor are they the celebrities and frontrunners who appear in September when a team has suddenly become chic and famous because of its recent successes and its swollen autumn prospects. The first April crowds are the fans, the supporters and rooters who have thought about the team through the winter Mm. and have stood behind it through the years, Mm. not just when it was winning, but also when it was down on its luck and out of contention. Their bonds to their own team are serious and of long standing. In most cases, their attachments predates that of the owner and of all the players on the field. Oh. So happy opening day. Happy opening day. Mm -hmm. Very good. The Bucs are about to take the uh, field in just uh, three minutes or so. Yes, playing at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is traditionally the the site of the first game of the season. Since 18... I'm sorry, since 1882, Cincinnati has hosted... The opening day. Today, the Pirates are in Cincinnati. They hosted the Pirates, the Cincinnati Reds, in 1882. How about that? For the first opening day. This year, the Reds stink. So do the Pirates. Okay. Which is... (laughs) I'm wearing my Pirate shirt. Hey, congratulations. I'm glad you did. What the heck? I'm not wearing a shirt. No, I'm not on a Pirate shirt. No, I don't. Guys, Sorry what for that. in the world? But anyway, we're happy that you're with us. We say, let's go, Bucks. Yep, we'll keep I mean, you updated. Uh, as the uh, We're going to try to get the game on in here in the studio. Maybe, except right? If we can figure out how to do that. Well, you know, life is hard, right? So you need yes. some 
pastoral diversions. You need some levity. Yes. You need to invest your time in some things that don't matter. Amen and amen. And sports are one of them. Okay, so speaking of the brutality of the world, yeah, as we always do, Kath exactly. gives us the news stories things of the day. Things that do matter. Kath, please, the top four at four. For Thursday, March 30th, mm. it's today, 2023, number one. An American reporter for the Wall Street Journal, John, has been arrested in Russia on charges of spying for Washington. The FSB Security Services, and I'm reading here from CBS News, said that they had, quote, halted the illegal activities of U.S. citizen Evan Gershkovich, saying the Wall Street Journal reporter was, suspect, was suspected of spying in the interests of the American government. The Wall Street Journal, for its part, said it is, quote, deeply concerned for the safety of its reporter, adding in a later statement that it vehemently denies the allegations from the FSB. Gerskovich had recently contributed to reporting for the journal on the Wagner Group, a company which is like a mercenary army, basically, like an independent mercenary army. Uh, yes, yeah, sure, sure. A company whose founder has links with Vladimir Putin and whose private army of mercenaries has played a key role in the war in Ukraine. Wagner mercenaries have been at the forefront of Russia's ongoing assault on the on Ukrainian-held frontline town of Bakhmut. Um, so I would think there has to be a link between the reporting I would that the think journal so. yeah, did yeah. and the apprehension of this man. Yep. So let us all together pray for this man's release. Number two, the House today approved a sprawling energy package that seeks to undo virtually all of the president's agenda to address climate change, with four Democrats joining the Republicans in voting for passage. This huge bill, John, will sharply increase domestic production of oil, natural gas and coal, mm. ease permitting restrictions that delay pipelines, refineries and other projects. It also will boost production of critical minerals like lithium, nickel and cobalt, which, of course, are essential for all of you out there buying your Teslas and other electric cars. This, uh, The vote to pass the bill, dubbed the Lower Energy Cost Act, was 225 to 204. Republicans called the bill a giveaway to big oil. Mr. Biden has threatened to veto it, uh, probably DOA in the Senate. Good. Good job, guys. So what are we doing? Good job, everyone. Okay. Number three. Elon Musk and a group of artificial intelligence experts are calling for a six-month pause in developing systems more powerful than OpenAI's newly launched GPT-4 mm -hmm. in an open letter released today citing potential risks to society. How about that? Powerful AI, AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and their risks will be manageable, said the letter. AI, according to Elon Musk, stresses me out. He's one of the co-founders of industry leader OpenAI. And, of course, Tesla uses AI for its autopilot system. Right. Well, you know, you can say we're going to put a pause on it, but it's, you know, Pandora's box has been opened. And whether, you know, Elon Musk wants to end it or not, other powers around the world, i.e. China, will continue on with their own exploration. Probably. Uh, the letter was signed by more than a thousand people, mm -hmm. including Elon Musk. And number four, the Pirates are underway in Cincinnati. There it is opening day in Major League Baseball. Let's say it together. Let's, Let's go, go Bucks. Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Come on. Okay. Bucks. Yeah. Right. I'll be out there. Oh, that's your top four at four. All right. Very, very nice. I forgot to say that's your top four at four. Mm -hmm. So the music was just going, going, going. That's all right. It was just going to keep going throughout the service. Or throughout the service. Throughout the show. Let's pray. 
All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Jerry Boyer is going to be with us in a few minutes. And uh, apparently for investors, there is a small victory that represents Christendom across the economic stratosphere. We'll talk about that. Money and God next here on The Ride Home. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from We Are Messengers, Wholehearted. Stronger from Ellie Holcomb. He's stronger than your fear. And Andrew Ripp for the love of God. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. It's March, and you know what that means? Taxes are almost due. Jackson Hewitt can help you win tax season. That's the sound of your maximum tax refund. The sound of getting 50% off tax prep. The sound of many of our competitors' prices going up. And the sound of getting to your nearest Jackson Hewitt. Hurry in for 50% off tax prep before this offer expires April 9th. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Christians and finance. Jerry Boyer is back with us. He's a regular guest on our show. He is the host of the podcast, Meeting of Minds, author of The Maker versus The Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics, and always insightful about uh, our money and how it's viewed around the world. Jerry, welcome back. How are you, friend? 
I'm fine. How are you doing? We can't complain. We're pretty good. Jerry, happy what? opening day. We're cheering on the Pirates right now. I'm wearing my Pirates gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, of course, for you. John doesn't care. Hope springs so, eternal. I mean, he does care, but he doesn't care to wear clothing that supports anything. He doesn't any care enough to do anything. Whatever. Well, I don't think grown men should be wearing sports oh, jerseys. Oh, my gosh. Jerry. He talks about you know reaching a certain age. It's just a fashion compared. thing. That's all. Anyway. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Let's get on to more important things. Uh, Jerry, you've talked to us for a long time, being on our show every month, about the importance of uh, Christians who own stock in a company taking their opportunity, like any stockholder would, and being able to speak out in favor of, against, whatever. Um, And it seems that many uh, progressive shareholders would speak out, thereby ensuring that a lot of companies are taking progressively political positions. And you're saying, hey, you know what, that's... Certainly their right to do. But what about conservative people? What about people who are looking at it differently, who still own shares in a company speaking out? So first off, tell us just a little bit for listeners who aren't familiar what your history with that has been. And then tell us the latest. Well, my history has been in a conversation that Christian financial professionals have been having uh, for some time about what do you do to deal with the fact that some companies misbehave in some ways? Uh, that they advocate positions which are at variance from a Christian worldview uh, or are in opposition to it. And the traditional Christian response is either ignore it, that's apathy, or you shun it by separating from it and putting a screen between you and the sin. Mm. Uh, So you just can't own a company that has a gay pride day. Um, Now, of course, that's obsolete because they all have gay pride days now, right? Uh, But for a while, if if a company had a gay pride day, then... You know, Christians will say, well, you can't own that company anymore. You're participating in their sin. Uh, and I've been advocating, going back to an interview um, with Christianity Today in 2008, that's not the way to follow the example of Jesus. Jesus ate with tax collectors and prostitutes. You do not avoid sin by isolating yourself from sinners in social and business relationships. Uh, unholiness is not contagious. Holiness is contagious. Um, and that's why when Jesus would touch something unclean, he didn't become unclean himself. And the same for his apostles, he made those things clean. And so the Christians were approaching this almost as Pharisees would. We have to be separate and then separate from separate and, and then have arguments about who's separate enough, as opposed to moving forward and engaging and talking uh, and speaking the truth in these places. Um, and so that's something that uh, I've been doing for several years now, Excellent. Uh, working with um, various financial advisors and money managers to say, all right, let's show up. Like it's, it's opening day, right? Okay. So if the Pirates show up and they lose a game, which happens Regularly. more often than we'd like, mm-hmm. right? Then they showed up and they lost a game. Um, but what if they don't show up and they, they didn't really lose the game? It's a forfeit, but that's a loss. To me, that's kind of shameful. Showing up and playing and losing is not shameful. Not showing up is shameful. Uh, And for about 30 years, people who have the opposite view from us on many issues have been showing up, and we haven't been showing up. Mm -hmm. And then when the whole thing turned rotten, because I think that Jesus teaches us through the parable uh, or the, let's say, the saying of, you know, salt and light, whatever we don't apply salt to rots constantly. So we don't show up for a long time, and the institution rots. 
um, in this particular case, the institution of large publicly traded companies, the Disney's and Apple's and Microsoft's um, and Salesforce's and Starbucks. Starbucks just had its annual meeting of the of the world. Um, they embrace essentially secular religions uh, like wokeism and ESG, which really do function like religions. And then we say, oh, they're terrible. I guess we have to sell them now uh, or say just be outraged and have conservative conferences where we all talk about how outraged we are, but never actually sit down and talk to them uh, like Jesus sat down and talked to people. Uh, then we're never going to make any progress. So my job, my self-appointed job uh, for a few years, my unpaid self-appointed job <laughs> was to basically um, sit down and talk to them across the Zoom mostly. Uh, you know, voting in annual meetings or helping others to vote in annual meetings, and now more aggressively putting proposals on the ballots. If a company is not really negotiating in good faith and you reach an impasse, well, shareholders have the ability to say, listen, uh, you know, we tried to talk to you. We're taking this to a higher authority, and the higher authority is other shareholders. Hmm. So we're going to put this on the uh, a proposal on the ballot, and then it goes out to all the shareholders, and they get to vote on it, and we get to present our case. Uh, so that's that's kind of the history of my involvement with this. So, Jerry, then you're saying that the average person who has shares in a company, 10 shares in Apple or AT&T or whatnot, they have a voice. One share, and they have a voice. Uh, a fractional share, hmm. and they have a voice. Uh, you don't even have to own a whole share to have a voice. Um, so if you're an owner in any way, if you're an investor in any way, you have a voice. Now you have a bigger voice, the more shares you hold. And there's a certain, um, threshold that if you own enough shares, then you actually have the ability not just to respond to the other side's agenda by say voting no on their proposals, but to put your own proposal forward in Pennsylvania, we don't have initiative. We have referendum, but not initiative. Some States citizens can put referendum questions on the ballot. Um, and, uh, so if you own enough shares and it's not really actually that high an amount, um, if you've owned, if you, if you've owned $2,000 worth of a company for three years or more, you have the ability to put something on the ballot. Hmm. Um, and hmm. the companies can go to the SEC securities and exchange commission. That's the regulatory agency and say, we don't really think this belongs in the ballot. We don't really want to bother the shareholders with this. This is really a management concern. Um, and then the SEC either says, you're right. Um, you, you can leave it off or they say, no, this is a shareholder concern and you've got to put it on the ballot. And then it goes out to every shareholder. Wow. And it just this week we had a situation where I was working with a financial advisor to put a, a proposal on the ballot of J.P. Morgan Chase, which is the largest bank in America um, that has a troubling history of debanking Christians and advocates of religious liberty. Wait, what, what does that what does mean? mean? Debanking. Um, we're canceling your bank account. You, um, really? You, you, and that happened to to uh, Sam. He was he's former ambassador for religious liberty, uh, former governor of Kansas, former senator from Kansas. This isn't some nutbag, you know, on the Alex Jones show. Uh, this is somebody who was an uh, who was an ambassador on behalf of religious liberty to the entire world, um, appointed by a president and confirmed by a Senate. And elected to high office by members of his own state, um, and sorry, he set Jared, up a what's bank his name? account. What's what's his name? Sam Ambassador Sam Brownback, Sam Brownback. former governor of Kansas, yeah. senator. Uh, he was uh, ambassador for religious liberty. Wow! Uh, so he set up an account for a pro-religious liberty group at his local Chase Bank, 
and then he and his wife went down to the bank. They're, they're kind of old. So they actually went to the bank mm-hmm. and they, here's a check. We're going to deposit a check. And the teller said, I'm sorry, that account doesn't exist anymore. Wow. Why doesn't it exist? I don't know. I can just tell you it doesn't exist. And he went to the company and they gave him the runaround over and over again. And it never gave a satisfactory answer. Now I happen to be working with some people who own shares and we went and asked questions and we didn't really get straight answers. So um, a, a friend of mine and a colleague, David Bonson, owns enough, owned enough shares I, uh, that I said, David, maybe we should put a proposal on the ballot. I mean, we tried. We reasoned with them and they stopped wanting to reason together. Um, and so, the, the, you know, we, David, uh, with my help and with Alliance Defending Freedom, put a proposal on the ballot. Uh, J.P. Morgan said, oh, no, no, this is just ordinary business. Um, as if, you know, debanking over religious liberty is just right. like, you know, like, uh, you know, what kind of paper should we use? Uh, and, you know, what computer system should we use? It's clearly a social issue mm-hmm. and a reputational issue for the company. Um, and obviously it's important. Brownback is a critic of Chinese abuse of religious liberty. J.P. Morgan Chase does a lot of business in China. This is important. This is mm-hmm. bigger than just ordinary management stuff. Um, and they, they said to the government, we want to leave this off. And just a few days ago, the government came back and said, no, we're not going to support that, that, um, that action. Um, and so they've got to put it on the ballot and it will be there in May. Um, and so now the debate is forced. Um, now, I think a lot of these companies want to avoid the debate, but they can't avoid the debate once something is before the ballot. So it goes before all the shareholders and, and so Johnson or somebody he designates will be able to record, you know, a presentation. This is why we believe that you should not take away somebody's banking services based on religious views or political views. This is not like a trial, right? It's just a... What is it? It's a deeper conversation. What, what is it's it? like a referendum, a referendum. OK, so just think about all the things we can do as citizens. Every one of them has an analog as uh, for owners of companies. So, you know, if it's you know, if it's Election Day, you know, Susan and I can walk down to the spectrum here uh, or you walk down to the fire hall and you can vote. Well, the same is true if you're a shareholder, you get to vote. Sure. And that's kind of the bare minimum. Or maybe you want to be more involved. I, I, you know, I didn't like the fact that there was an ordinance against certain numbers of chickens because I've got, you know, we have chickens and we have a rooster. Um, and so I called my councilman and said, listen, my rooster's not doing anybody any harm. Let's get a waiver for roosters. Let's spare the life of this <laughs> yes. poor guy. He's a good rooster. So you can you can talk to them. Well, there's an analog to that with uh, if you're a shareholder, you can talk to the investor relations department. Um, you can attend an annual meeting, just like you can attend a town hall in your town. You can go to a borough council meeting where you can attend an annual meeting, which is even easier because they're almost all online. And although we don't have this right in Pennsylvania, some states do, you can go even further and say, I'm putting something before the voters. I'm asking my fellow voters to vote for a tax limitation, for example. Uh, I think it was Proposition um, uh, 12, I guess, in, in California. Uh, so you can put a proposition on the ballot. All of those things that you can do as a citizen of a country, you can also do as a shareholder mm. of a company and arguably America's largest bank or the largest or Apple, the largest technology company in the world, arguably they're more important and more powerful than countries, certainly more than most municipalities sure. or states. And yet Christian's have been utterly silent in this zone. 
we somehow thought that our our mandate to disciple the nations and to be salt and light and an influence in every institution all that goes into politics and none of it goes mm-hmm. into finance which is becoming more political than politics has been. I see. So were you surprised that the SEC said, yes, we would go ahead with this and and allow this to happen? No, because the Alliance Defending Freedom wrote a letter which basically said, listen, it indicated that if they come down in a biased way, it calls into question their credibility. I see. So then Um, the the referendum. So I think they took the safe zone, which is we're going to say yes rather than have the risk of somebody appealing this to a court and clipping the wings of the regulators. So scenario, just in the nitty gritty of it, the referendum will be held. People will have a chance to speak on this. Then is there some binding ruling? These rulings are not binding, but if a company doesn't listen to them, it's pretty bad. Um, Now, I should say that none of the almost these um, proposals almost no almost never win. Um, because almost all of the voting is done by the big institutions like sure. the Black Rocks and the Vanguards, and they're voting pretty much on the left, you know, in lockstep. Um, so it's more like it's forcing a debate. Um, so, and that happens a lot of times with initiative and referendum in states. Um, so, you know, a couple of decades back, we had one in 11 counties here about taxes for stadiums, and I was involved with that. It was quite the debate. Um, uh, so whether win or lose, it forces the debate, the debate to be had personally. I think the debate is more important than winning on a vote I see. Mm-hmm. because over time ideas rather than power are what change culture. Right. But so from your perspective, this is essentially, uh, an, for lack of a better phrase, an anti-Christian stand by J.P. Morgan and not so much a a more sort of pro-China, let's make ourselves safe within the marketplace in China. Well, I, I think it's reasonable to think that it's the overlap of those two things. Okay. Um, so, um, I mean, they're not giving clear explanations, but um, Brownback is an enemy. There's no, you know, the Chinese government has been critical of him. Um, but I got to tell you, if the Chinese government said, we want you to say something negative about LGBTQ people, I doubt, (laughs) I doubt that they would debank, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in that particular case. So I think that, um, a lot of these institutions have cultures, um, in which Christianity is, um, really not a significant influence, even though often the founders were Christian. I see. Um, and so you can, you can basically mistreat Christians without suffering any serious consequences. So if you have an opportunity to not tick off the Chinese government uh, and that lucrative market, and all you have to do is dump on some Christians, um, which, you know, you know, in the past, there hasn't really been much um, blowback from that, um, then you do it. But see, now there's more blowback. And Disney felt that, you know, last year with the um, parental uh, rights and education bill. Um, you know, they kind of they were just used to being able to always give in to the alphabet people um, and accept the C's. You know, that's the that's the letter of the Christian. Uh, that's the letter of the alphabet that, you know, he doesn't have to get any respect. And then there was a backlash. Personally, I don't like backlashes. I like reasoning. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Backlashes still help even with the reasoning process. So I've I had a company off a, a conversation with a company, very large company off the record about three or four weeks ago about their politicization. And they said, listen, 
we saw what happened to Disney. So we're listening. Mm. Uh, and you might want to note, we didn't come out and say anything after Roe versus Wade was reversed. Mm. Um, there were like 60 companies that said something after Roe versus Wade was reversed. Uh, I mean, that's tiny compared to what ha- has happened in the past for the, for the Equality Act and, you know, essentially the, all the various LGBTQ um, open letters that get signed. Um, I mean, those, they have hundreds and hundreds of signees and they can only get maybe 60 um, uh, to, to uh, complain about Roe versus Wade. And even they, for the most part, didn't complain about Roe versus Wade. They just offered to reimburse for abortion expenses. Right. So they made it an employee benefit. So that blowback has really changed the culture. But to me, that's not good enough. I, I don't want companies to be afraid that Christians are going to get angry um, and they're going to get accosted. I want them to change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they don't want someone screaming about them on Tucker. But still, we need to sit across the table or a Zoom lens and say, listen, we want you to understand it wasn't a don't say gay bill. Right. Um, and it really isn't appropriate for kindergartners to, to have someone suggest maybe you're gender fluid. What's gender fluid? Well, let me explain to you what gender fluid is. That's a bad idea. No matter what the power arrangements are, no matter how many people get angry at you, doesn't matter if everyone supported it or not. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and that's persuasion. And that's I think that's the business that we as Christians should be in, the business of persuasion. And our lack of cultural and political power in this moment takes away the temptation to depend on power and pushes us back onto truth. Mm which is where we should be. Jerry Boyer with us after the break. We'll continue our conversation with the author of The Maker versus The Takers. Uh, the next thing I want to ask you, Jerry, is about uh, the failure of banks. So let's talk about that, what goes into the failure of a bank, and um, should people be concerned or not? It's coming up next. It's Thursday edition. It's opening day edition. Right home. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cause was stopped. The threats would stop. It was easy like... uh. One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, 
This is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. One oh one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Age-related macular degeneration is a leading cause of blindness in people over 55. But with treatment, it can be slowed down, stopped, and in some cases reversed. Make sure you see your grandchildren grow. Protect your vision by requesting information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where I found so much helpful information. Or again, call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. Increasing cloudiness tonight, a shower in spots late, low 36. Tomorrow breezy with periods of rain from late morning on, high 55. Windy and mild tomorrow night, periods of rain and a thunderstorm, low 51. Winds gusting past 45 miles per hour Saturday with some sunshine, then turning cloudy, a shower in the area in the morning, then a heavy gusty thunderstorm in the afternoon, the high 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Talk with Jerry Boyer. He's an economist, the podcaster, and author. Podcast is called Meeting of Minds. And uh, Jerry, we've been talking about uh, the SEC and J.P. Morgan. Uh, uh, there's a lot for the common man to try to absorb, but a lot of it's beyond us. This, well, this in case in this, point. Yeah, the thing about uh, bank failure, I mean, I think the basics of that are certainly accessible and understood by a lot of people listening to the program. But I think the fear that goes along with it or the uncertainty, you know, reading that a Silicon uh, Valley bank goes under, then finding out that one you know goes under in france and you're thinking oh wait what does that mean about and, my then, bank. and now there's all sorts of rumblings about other banks so talk about how a bank goes under jerry first give us the information that perhaps we don't have and then tell us is anxiety uh, something justified first, justified or profitable well a bank goes under uh for i mean there's a few reasons but mainly it's because people lose confidence in the bank and they pull their money out um because the bank doesn't have all your money. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, uh, you know, a bank safety deposit box has your money. Like if you put $1,000 in a safety deposit box, then there's $1,000 in that box. Yeah. But if you put $1,000 in a um, checking account, well, um, roughly $100 is actually there. And $900 is lent out to the rest of the world. They don't have it all. That's called fractional reserve banking. Um, remember, it's, remember in the, in the, it's a wonderful life when they all went Uncle to the Billy. bank. Uncle Billy, yeah. Uncle Billy, right. Um, so, and yeah, you, you got it all wrong. Your money's not here. It's a martini's place, right? And that's the truth. I mean, it, it, the, the money's not there. Um, so if everybody wants it at once, then they don't have it. Um, now, they're supposed to have some kind of reserve. And then that enables them to make good on these loans. But Uncle Billy lost the money. 
right? He's the real villain here, not Mr. Potter. No, no. But Uncle Billy made some bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and so they were vulnerable to a bank run because Uncle Billy um, lost $8,000, uh, which was a lot of money for Bailey uh, Savings and Loan. Um, and so there was a run on the bank and, they, you know, they had trouble dealing with it, but they were able to just make it through that process um, with, I think, the wedding gifts uh, to uh, to George Bailey and his wife. What's the wife's name? I can't remember. Mary. Mary George and Mary Bailey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Seth. Um, Seth, thank you. She didn't um, so um, let's let's keep going with the analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Silicon Valley Bank's uh, uncle, drunk Uncle Billy. Yeah. Uh, was a management team that was more uh, where it was kind of drunk on social justice rather than focused on banking. Um, and their risk officer um, basically took kind of a nine month leave of absence, still, you know, still in the job, but not doing risk officering, but instead planning a month long gay pride celebration and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, this is somebody who led, you know, whose bio led with, what is a queer person of color from working class background? So there is a certain managerial distraction, I think, going on um, when, you know, they were kind of focusing on those other things. Some people have suggested they made too many sort of politically aligned loans, you know, like to solar power companies, et cetera. I don't think it was mainly malinvestment of the money. I think it was mainly malinvestment of their attention. Um, and that meant they made some risky decisions. Like, for example, they made the risky decision of buying a lot of treasury bonds. Now, all the banks buy a lot of treasury bonds because the government says you have to buy a lot of treasury bonds. The government, which sells treasury bonds, is also a regulator, which says you need more treasury bonds. Mm. Uh, that's They're safe. Um, so that's a regulatory problem. So people would think, you know, that yeah, there was under regulation have to they have it backwards the government pushed banks hmm. into some of these but in addition silicon valley bank was sort of extra stupid in that they bought long term treasury bonds which are more vulnerable when the central bank tightens monetary policy which they've been doing to fight inflation um and they, there's also things where you can do where you hedge against those and they didn't do any hedging so they owned a very risky asset class. Now, anybody who's paying any attention to finance, I know, I know that you talk you kind of joke about how, you know, you don't follow finance, et cetera. But I'm sure, I have no doubt, John and Kathy, you know that the Fed has been talking for a couple of years about, oh, we might need right. to raise interest rates. Sure. We might need to raise them again, um, you know, to fight inflation. Well, you knew it. Maybe the bank ought to have known it. And maybe they should have noticed <laughs> that the Fed was giving some pretty clear indicators we're going to raise interest rates. And what raising interest rates just means is they're selling bonds. And when you sell bonds, they're less valuable. And so this company, this bank, had all these bonds and they became less valuable. And they acted as if the Fed was never going to sell any of them, driving down the price. So there was bad policy to begin with. And then on top of that, it's it's Silicon Valley Bank. And the, there was a bubble in the tech sector sector in Silicon Valley was the, because when the government says, don't go, don't go out, don't go to a restaurant, don't go to a mall, don't go to a movie theater, sit at home and tell Amazon to deliver it and stream forever. That made tech that made tech companies in Silicon Valley very highly valuable, but only as long as they were boosted by government shutdown policies. 
Once the government says, okay, you can go out to the movie theater again, or you can go to restaurants again, you're not going to door dash it forever. Then all of a sudden, Silicon Valley companies started to crash. So there's kind of like a mini recession in Silicon Valley. So it's a bank and banks were in trouble and it's Silicon Valley Bank. So kind of on a double fault line. And it was particularly badly managed because it seemed to be more concerned with its ESG social justice score and a month-long celebration of LGBTQ rights than it was in taking about 15 minutes to you know read the newspaper and find out that the Fed might be selling some of those uh, treasuries that you own a lot of. See, I didn't know a lot of that. I appreciate that, Jerry. We need to take another break. We'll be right back. Jerry Boyer with us. It is the Thursday edition of mm-hmm. The Ride Home. We're glad you're along. Pulling back the curtain on the world of finance. WORD. When God created us, He had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, He has created us for a life of good deeds, which He has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest-tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. That's 724-NEW-ROOF. right, call doing it right. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the Digital Marketing Specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I should be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 98. 9898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 
724 New Roof. Economist, author, podcaster, Jerry Boyer is with us. You can find him on social media. Primarily, I would say, uh, very active on Facebook as well. Okay. All right. Happy to have him on Twitter, too. Yep. Uh, whatever light can be shed in that dark place, we invite. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? It is, it is. Horrible. It's horrible. It's crazy. It's so, some of it's so mean. Anyway, we don't have time. We only have four And the Christian Twitter is the worst. I know. It it's meaner uh, than it's, regular Twitter. How do you yes, buy something Christian for... Twitter is meaner than regular Twitter. It how is. did we manage to do that? I don't know. It's so sad. Anyway, we have four and a half minutes. Um, okay, Lexi's going to blow us up if we don't get out in time. Stop. So talk to us, Jerry, about our banks. So you, you, you laid out what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. Crazy That's time. Super helpful. A lot of that, as I said, before I did not know. What does that mean for our banks? Well, I mean, it's hard to know, right? Because there's some emotion involved. But what I've been saying, you know, since Silicon Valley Bank blew up is um, we're going to hear the names of more banks, but we're probably not going to hear the names of all the banks. Um, And that there are specific problems having to do with certain kinds of banks, excuse me, which is more like regional banks, which are more vulnerable because they're not diversified. Smaller banks. Um, What's that? Smaller banks. Smaller banks. So, um, you know, a while ago, there, when, when in the 1980s, when the oil price crashed, banks that had a lot of loans in Houston were hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Mellon Bank at the time had a lot of loans in Houston, so Mellon Bank had a lot of trouble. Um, I happened to be working for the account for Mellon Bank at that time, and so was somewhat involved with the with the, you know, with winding that down. But if you weren't uh, invested in in that then you, you were okay. Or there's certain times when there's certain real estate markets um, that were kind of toppy. And so when the housing bubble burst, um, let's say the, the earlier burst, like 2000, uh, if you were overextended in certain real estate markets, um, then that was a problem. And this is also, also seemed to be isolated to regional banks with specifically with exposure to sectors that were hit hard currently which was largely technology and including regular technology and also the Bitcoin and blockchain. And so, so far, those are mainly the banks that have been affected. Now, if we have a general real estate crisis, a lot of banks are involved with real estate, so then it could spread. Um, But that seems unlikely because I think the Fed is pulling out and the regulators are pulling out all the stops. Look, I don't necessarily like this. In fact, I don't like it. But coming along and saying, listen, we're going to we're going to guarantee your deposit, even if it's above the amount that we promised. Uh, and we're going to you know, pour money into these banks that are having trouble. or We're going to arrange like shotgun marriages between these these banks that are hurt and healthier banks. Government's intervening a fair amount uh, and is probably able to I, I would say there's a high probability we're able to get through this. I'm not saying the rumbles are over. There's going to be headlines of, hey, something happened with such and such bank, and it's going to scare people, and people are going to look at it. But it still looks to me like a contained bank crisis, Mm -hmm. and that would be my base case. Uh, By the way, no matter what your bank, if you you don't have more than $250,000 in a deposit there, you're you're guaranteed, right? And I think mostly – you probably most of the people listening right now don't have more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a cash account in one bank. I don't, and I'm a big time economist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I mean, in terms of losing your money, unless you've got more than two hundred fifty thousand, that you know that's not going to happen because the FDIC guarantees it. And in many cases, the government is coming in and saying, even if you do have more than two hundred fifty thousand, we're going to guarantee it. Now, there's something really unfair about that because they're not doing that for all banks. They're only doing it for some. 
So, you know, it's kind of like bailing out some but not others. And I think there is probably some political bias going on there. And it's unfair. And it hurts smaller banks more than it hurts bigger banks. So I think we come out of this with a more centralized banking system than we went into it. And I'm a little skeptical about centralization of power, so I'm concerned about that. Right. I mean, because you you like, I mean, it's nice to have your neighborhood bank, right? I mean, hopefully that, you know, even in this digital age, people still know who you are in some degree. Does that make any sense? Well, sure. And you can have a local branch of your you know, a national, a, a gigantic global bank can have a local branch. Right. right. But there are a lot of smaller um, banks in Pittsburgh, though, right? Yeah, there are. Right. And um, Pittsburgh is not a highly volatile market. So Pittsburgh is you know, like we don't have the booms, so we don't really have much of the recessions. either. We had one gigantic, horrible half decade of recession from which we never fully recovered in the 1980s. And since then, what are our chief industries? Healthcare. Well, look, the chief industry of Pittsburgh is receiving Social Security checks. Wow. I mean, the, the chief source of revenue really? for the residents of of southwestern Pennsylvania is being retired. No And kidding. getting money from Social Security. Those probably aren't going away anytime soon. No. Uh, I'm not soon, but I'm not saying they're ever going away, but anytime soon. And then it's health care. And then it's colleges and universities. So these are pretty recession-resistant sectors. And we've never had a housing boom. You know, we're the most affordable city in America. Still. So it really would be hard for us to have a housing bust unless someone dropped a you know, dirty bomb on us or something like that. You know, Our housing prices are, are quite low already. So we're pretty resistant to all that stuff. Okay, Jer. Good to talk to you today, Jerry. Yeah, wish we're, we, our time is short, and uh, we're yeah. sorry about okay, that. Okay, on your way out, tell, tell us one thing you're reading. Thing I'm, re- I, I, oh my goodness! That's, you always ask. Put him on the spot. I know. So I'm, I'm terrible. Right, John. John's looking at me like, why do you always Don't do you. that? Don't put him on the spot. He just gave us this really great information here. I'm reading a commentary on the Hebrew text what? of the Book of Ruth. Oh, really, Jerry? Oh, I'm super interested in that. I'm super interested. See, I didn't in want that. to say it because it's like show offy. No, I don't. That's, um, no, come on. You know, but. That's what I like I, it. That's my bedtime reading. I like it. First of all, the fact that your bedtime reading is sad, but no, the good. fact that you're reading it is awesome. Thanks, Jer. I love it. Good to talk to you, Jerry. Really good stuff. Really appreciate your time. Check out us. the Maker versus the Takers: What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code word. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0. Now. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? 
How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline... You could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune Legal Helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-320-7171. For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right. Unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel, we're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv. It's National Doctors' Day. Yes, it? it sure is. And uh, I always like to set this aside on this show mm-hmm. because at this time in our current culture, doctors, nurses, oh. the entire medical field under fire. Oh, my god! If you've ever spent any time in, around a medical school or a medical school curriculum, um, or let me say this, if you haven't, if you've never had an opportunity to do that, let me tell you that the amount of information that these people have to learn mm-hmm. and the, uh, the unbelievably wide scope of things they have to master is so crazy difficult. They deserve our respect. They certainly do. And our thanks. So let me just thank my doctor super mm-hmm. quick. Um, I want to thank Ray Gallen. Uh, I want to thank Regina Mirko and Shannon Passanow, who is my dentist. It's not National Dentist Day, but oh, yeah. she's a doctor. Um, and so I want to thank them. Again. I'm going to say them again. Ray Gallen, Regina Mirko, Shannon Passanow. Thank you for being terrific Fabulous. doctors. Okay, so I recently had this foot thing. I've been talking about this off and on here. You know, had this bad foot since, since my 20s when I fell two stories. Anyway, it reached a sort of critical point, and I needed to go see an orthopedic surgeon because it was really bad. So what I do? Uh, I went online and, I, you know, through my UPMC provider, just booked this guy. He was, you know, close to me, and I thought, it, it sounds reasonable. Anyway, after I booked it, I started to look him up online. And so now, of course, everyone gets a review. Everybody weighs in. The reviews were, like, abysmal. So much so, I thought, oh, I made a mistake here. Maybe I should just cancel this appointment and go to somebody else. The opposite the complete and total opposite was true. My doctor, my orthopedic guy, Dr. Stephen Conti, his bedside manner was outstanding. He was in. He told me, I do not want to do surgery under any pretense. He's a surgeon. This is his business. He was so deeply holistic. He spent so much time with me. Then he directed me to the right person who orthopedically corrected my foot. All those things. So these online reviews for doctors right. and whatnot, it's a lot of rubbish. Yep. I really was like thinking, oh, this is the wrong guy. It, he couldn't have been the better guy. 
Dr. Stephen Connie, my orthopedic guy. I love him. So that's my doctor's story. Happy National Doctor's Day. Fabulous. To everybody out there. We're taking a break. When we come back, we'll check in on the pirates. Also, we'll talk about the mental benefits of spring cleaning. Oh, bring it on. Get out your mop. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Come check it out. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The economy is growing slightly slower than the government's previous estimate. Commerce Department finds the U.S. economy grew at a rate of 2.6% in the final estimate for the fourth quarter of last year. That's a slight downgrade from previously because of revisions with weakening consumer spending and exports. That puts 2022's annual GDP at 2.1%, down from the 5.9% the U.S. enjoyed in 2021 during the pandemic recovery boom. Despite a robust jobs market, most economists say growth is slowing as rising interest rates makes borrowing more expensive and consumers reduce spending on categories that were popular during the lockdowns like appliances and furniture. Jennifer King, Washington. Applications for jobless benefits rose last week but remain at historically low levels. Claims rose by 7,000 to 198,000 from the previous week. That's according to the Labor Department. This is SRN News. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the Digital Marketing Specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free Social Security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by being informed. Get this free Social Security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word SECURITY to 412-515-3555. That's SECURITY to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. If you've heard any of our radio commercials here on Word FM, you know that we like funny stories that make us smile. This is not one of those commercials. I read this week that over one-third of U.S. adults now owe more in credit card debt than they have saved. Add in the fact that milk and gas and kids' clothes and everything is out of control. And I think it's fair to say it's a scary time for a lot of good people. 
It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if that's you, I do believe a cash-out refinance, pulling out some of the value your home has earned the last few years, could be a saving grace. Yes, mortgage interest rates are up, but credit card rates are about three to five times higher. We've helped hundreds of listeners do this, using a cash-out to rid of the credit card debt and then saving some extra aside for the road ahead. And it's undoubtedly a life-changer for many. If you'd like to chat about your situation, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Increasing cloudiness tonight. A shower in spots late, low 36. Tomorrow breezy with periods of rain from late morning on, high 55. Windy and mild tomorrow night. Periods of rain and a thunderstorm, low 51. Winds gusting past 45 miles per hour Saturday with some sunshine, then turning cloudy. A shower in the area in the morning, then a heavy gusty thunderstorm in the afternoon, the high 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. No, no. We're here. We, no, we're we alive. We're, we're not pre-recorded no, in any way, shape, or form. It, we just... No. I was... I was I, I messed up there. So Did I, you mess up? I want to make you make sure we're Get right. it together, John. Sorry. My apologies to For each and everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, it's, what time is it now? It's 5.05. Yeah. Pirates are, are uh, tied at 1-1. Yeah. And I think it's the uh, uh, second bottom inning. of the third. Or bo- or, I thought it was the bottom of the second. Okay. I could be wrong. Anyway, we are live. I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, it's not the bottom because the Pirates just finished there at that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so it's the middle of something. Anyway. No, it's going to be the bottom because uh, the home team is, is up last. That's what I mean. It's, it would be about to be. Oh, you mean it's about to be the bottom. Right. I thought you meant we just finished watching oh, yeah, no. the bottom. So we're Boy, that's confusing Holy for all the people smoke. who are listening so to today's program. So we're live at least. <laughs> our, con- our confusion is live. Anyway, there's a lot of red and white going on in Cincinnati, but we're watching that mm-hmm. and we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, so John and Badly. I had John and, yeah very poorly. John and I had Monday and Tuesday off. We did. Both of us invested time in cleaning while we were away from the station. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what that says about us, but I like it. I feel, I, feel, I feel good about the fact that we thought it was important enough. Mm-hmm. We set time aside to do that. How about, like, you know, you're sitting in your house. You ever do this? You're sitting in your house, and you know it's dirty. Oh. Is that the that. worst? <laughs> I hate that. I really do. <laughs> you know it's dirty. Yep. Like you're sitting mm-hmm. in mire. Just mm-hmm. uh, yep. I know it. I know it. I, so I saw an article about the mental health benefits of spring cleaning. Mm. And essentially they're saying this, that when you clean, this is true, when you finally make up your mind to get off your duff and get to work, that cleaning gives you a sense of control. Yes, that's definitely true. I'm in charge of this. I know I'm mired in filth, so I'm going to be in control here and do something about it. It's not rocket science, right? Right. But I'm in control. So I can. that's why it's so good for your mental health. Also, the way you clean is specific to each person. It's extremely intentional and ritualistic. Oh, what do you mean by that? Well, for us, when, for me... 
when I finally succumb to the bucket and the mop and the broom and the sweeper and the rag and the whatever I'm using, I crank up the music mm-hmm. and surrender to that and knowing for the next X hours, two hours, four hours or longer, I'm going to be going through this process and I've got, you know, how, where do you start? Where do you start in your cleaning process, right? If I'm going to just... Up high. Right. I mean, if you're really doing the deep, hard cleaning... You've got to start with the ceiling fan. takes a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You start up, right? And right. then you come down, right. right? So there's a ritual to how you approach it and the intentionality of it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Let me tell you that I am selfish in my cleaning. How so? And I feel like if more people looked at cleaning in a selfish fashion, mm-hmm. that they would do it more. Here's the thing. I clean in a way that makes me feel better about a room. So, for example, I am motivated by a visual. If a room is cluttered, it doesn't matter how clean it is. It doesn't seem clean to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Clutter. Yeah. If the walls are clean and it's vacuumed, but there's crap all over the end tables or whatever. There's no point point in that. Right. So I can't do that. So I am motivated by the look. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able, every time I clean a room, when I'm done, I walk out of the room Mm -hmm. and then I walk back in. And come back in. And if I like how it looks, then I feel like I've done a good job. Okay, that's good. I I have something similar, but it's based upon past history. I call it the Grace effect. The Grace Maloney effect? Yes. So my mom was like, like a lot of moms, cleaning extraordinaire. Sure. I mean, you know, our house was like tip-top shape. Sure. So at all times. At all times, with seven kids, and I mean, the, the nine that? of us in that place. I mean, I mean, seriously, because she had an army of five young girls. Oh, who who she enlisted? They all tra- they were all trained under her tutelage. Yeah. And me, I kind of got a pass. I mean, which is crazy. My sisters just hate that oh, still to this day. Oh, to this day. They well, Johnny that. got to go out. Jeff was never here. But it, the it, the lessons didn't didn't fall from. No, me. because you're you're very concerned about cleaning. So your the, house. the grace effect is if I look at the room and I'm all done and I go, she would approve or not approve. Oh, and that's how you know you're done. If I'm sweeping and okay. I go, take a shortcut nap. Just you know, yeah. So for me, it's the grace of Okay, that's good. Lex, how do you feel about cleaning? Do you have a, a motivator? Uh, the motivator is that the house is dirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, when I, it's sometimes it's really hard because um, I have a lot of mental health. Um, I would like to say fences or like guards that keep me sometimes from when it looks dirty. I'm so stressed out about it, but I'm so stressed that I can't even get up to even start it. Yeah. Because you don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't know where to start. It's exactly. A dog chasing its yeah. tail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it puts me in a loop. And then there's just like something that breaks it. And then I, I am like a tornado, like my mom is. She will deep clean and like literally like a tornado through a house. But instead of destroying the house, she cleans it up and makes it look perfect. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I am. I'm kind of like my mom where I'm like, oh, everything's awful. It's time to be a tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that. Very good. I like that. All right. So so there is some sort of ritual, some sort of payoff. And there is a mental health component to cleaning mm-hmm. or yeah. not cleaning. Yeah. Either way. And on a day like today, if you're home and have the opportunity, man, I would be getting at it because I get super excited about sunshine. Okay, so as I've aged, I've sort of jobbed out things like windows. I hire somebody to come and do my windows. Re- you know, I've, we've never done that. 
hire someone to do your windows? No. Up, outside? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Oh, I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. <gasps> That's so exciting. It's it's not too expensive, and of course, the payoff of clean windows. Oh, it's so yeah. And so there are things that you know you sort of have to make them you know right adjustments to as you as you age through that. Wow. Okay. Anyway, anyway get to cleaning and enjoy All right, it. Please do. Coming up next, we're going to talk about clothing, a theology of clothing. Is that a thing? Jay Slocum coming up next. All right home. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. In business, everything your employees do impacts your brand, including what they wear. Cintas has high-performance workplace apparel for almost every job imaginable. From work shirts and pants to polos and khakis to Oxfords or T-shirts, these clothes move, breathe, and look great. Your team gets the styles they like, you convey the image you want. And Cintas service includes weekly laundry and delivery. To learn more, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. How was your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Today, the fastest growing religion is no religion at all. Do you think religion is good for the world? It only causes troubles and war. This is Kevin Sorbo. In the new movie, Irreligious Nation, my family and I travel to Israel to explore our faith and how lack of religion is affecting our culture and society worldwide. If God exists, is he even relevant today? Is God obsolete? Watch Irreligious Nation at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rector is in the house. Jay Slocum is back with us. Jay has been a regular guest of ours over the many years. He is the rector at St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia today. Jay, welcome. How are you, friend? Uh, Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Now, Jay, um, 
you've known me for a long time. John's known me for even longer. Um, I like clothes. I like to buy clothes. Um, and when you talk about clothes in Christian circles, you can kind of see where people come from family background and denominationally. Oh. Because some people will say things like, you know, you spend too much money on clothes. Or even more than that, you are way too concerned about your appearance. Right. So look, so it's the church I grew up in, which was kind of an upper crusty kind of Presbyterian church at that time. You couldn't show up without being pretty decked out. Really? Yeah. Emphasis on the crusty. Emphasis on the crusty. Right. Mm -hmm. you, had, you had to be pretty decked out. Um, and that's not to say that their hearts weren't in it. Their hearts weren't in it and they were decked out. But right? there was a look. There was a look you had to go for. So then when I went to college, I you know, ended up going to a church that was like, oh, you can wear a pair of jeans. It's no big deal. Did you right? wear shorts to church? I sure did. What? Yeah, because there were no air conditioner in the church. That's so you're wrong. dying. That's wrong. You're dying. Okay. So I, I'm just saying all this to, to um, bring the listener into the conversation that people have different feelings about clothing and appearance. And you are developing, have developed, or are considering a theology of clothing? Yeah. You know, I've been working on this for years. I read a little book by a theologian, an aesthetician called, uh, named Calvin Seerveld. He's a Canadian. He wrote a little book called Rainbows for the Fallen World. Sure, I remember that book. And, yeah, so his, his notion there was there, there may be a Christian way of dressing, and Francis Schaeffer, the late theologian and sort of purveyor of worldviews, also had a, a thought on that. So I've been doing a lot of work on it. I am a creative, and I love clothing the way you love clothing, Kathy. I I know your fondness for sweaters. And, uh, <laughs> I, I like a long a sweater. Hot. I do. Yeah. I run a little hot, so I don't wear sweaters. But <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this. And the reason why I most recently – I'm doing a course at St. Thomas Anglican Church here in Gibsonia for adult ed at 9 a.m. during – the Easter tide after the after Easter Sunday call a theology of dot dot dot, and one of the things we want to do is talk about a theology of clothing. And the reason why that came up is because I read something called the Second Book of Homilies that came out in the 1500s during the uh, reign of Queen Victoria. Um, I'm sorry, Queen Elizabeth, and there was a homily about it was called against excess of apparel. Hmm. And the the writer said, um, when somebody tries to paint a picture of the Englishman, he has to paint him naked and give him some clothing under his arm because he does not know how to paint him since his fashion changes so often. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that fun? That's true. <laughs> Making fun of the Englishman because as the, as the homilist says, the Englishman buys more on a dancing shirt than he does on something that could fit a person's whole body. So the whole <laughs> thing was about excess. And one of the fascinating things was there was a war between the gentility and the mercantile class because the wool trade in England was so growing so great that the mercantile class, the merchants, had enough money to start dressing like the nobles. Wow. And, and you know what the nobles did? Just better. They passed laws saying that certain classes of people could only wear certain colors and types of clothing. Really? Because they were, yeah, they were afraid of the unrest. 
And then they passed a law to try to pit the mercantile class against the peasantry. And the law was that the peasants had to wear woolen caps and a certain number of days in the year, which made them resent the wool traders. Wow. It's a and fashion caste exempted, system. And they exempted themselves from that law. Hmm. What the heck? So isn't that interesting? It's clothing that has become political. Now, we've experienced clothing that's become political, and the 1960s clothing was political. You mean because of the hippie look? Absolutely, or the, mm-hmm. the straight look. I yeah. mean, look at a yearbook from the 1950s. Every, I couldn't find my dad because every single guy had a flat-top haircut and you know a white shirt and a pinstripe tie and a black jacket. He had to wear that. It was, so it, it, fashion, so here's what I've been thinking about. Fashion tends to either trend towards the emphasis either on modesty or immodesty, depending on how, mo- how moral you are. Extravagance or moderation. This was the problem during the, the reign of Queen Elizabeth. Expression versus uniformity. I just have to express myself. No one should tell me what to wear. Or everybody has to look the same. Utility or playfulness. So I, I restore bicycles half my time, and I work as a a pastor in a church and I wear a collar the other half of the time. There's not a lot of room for creativity in there right. either. Cause I'm not ruining my fancy shirts in the <laughs> shop. <laughs> no. And then there is what you opened with, which is formality versus informality. And oftentimes the church gets caught up on either modesty versus immodesty or formality versus informality. Right. Yeah. Right. So our friend Andy Crouch wrote a piece on this about, um, formal power and informal power. And he says, it's somewhat deceiving when the pastor has a pair of $300, pair, $300 jeans on and $400 shoes, but he's wearing a flesh-toned microphone and he's acting like he's your best friend up on the stage. <laughs> Andy calls that full informal power, whereas the pa- you know, Father Jay, with me, wearing the black shirt and the white collar and you know the, um, the alb and the stole, it's pretty clear who's got the power. Right. The guy up front, right? Yeah. So he 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 talks about it versus power, uh, in, informality, and how that relates to power. So, isn't it fascinating how clothing can express so much, and we often don't think about that. Yeah. Now, Jay, that's funny you bring this up because I think of you because there was a time in your life as a pastor you just wore street clothes, but then you were convicted yeah. at one point to put your collar on your and 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 walk the streets and, and signify who you are as a believer. Yeah, my bishop actually told me. He said, "You think you're an undercover cop, don't you?" Mm. And I laughed, and he said, "The rest of us are just beat cops. Everybody looks at us, <laughs> and they see." The last time they had an experience with it with the church, they see it in who what, what we're, because we're wearing the signifier. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The same as if you see the blue, the guy in the blue, right? Yep. You, you, it's a signifier. If he got the cat out of the tree, then you like him. If he pulled you over and gave you a ticket, then the police aren't such nice people. Mm-hmm. So I did that for Lent, and then afterwards I thought, oh Lord, I guess I'm stuck with this because this really is. Um, it's not about me being a rock star. It's about me being a servant and you know, yeah. shepherd and my people. But, but so as you wear the collar, the people approach you and they reveal things about themselves because of the fashion. They absolutely do. And I would actually stay, say that extends itself to us more than we know. 
In fact, the thing I've been thinking about is all of these different things, modesty versus immodesty, extravagance versus moderation, expressiveness versus uniformity, utility, playfulness, formality, all of it is informed, I believe, for us as Christians. And here's the key, the big reveal, is I want to ask myself when I wake up in the morning, how does any one of these ways of dressing help me love my neighbor? Okay, what is... Okay, what is that? How 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 does that? How is what I choose to wear impacting my neighbor? Okay, so my wife and I went went on a date, and she wanted to go to the porch. Yeah, and so I had my shop clothes on, jeans, pair of leather boots that I've had resold five times, yeah. the whistle bike shop t shirt, and a flannel. Yeah, and I said I'm ready to go. I just have to wash my hands. Oh, <laughs> and she looked at me like I just broke her heart. Okay. What did I do, Kathy? Mm, so you devalued her by not caring about what you looked like. I chose utility over expre- extravagance because it was a moment when dressing up in a porch isn't, you know, Eaton Park owns the porch. It's not that nice, yeah. but it was a date. You're out in the crowd. So I, I, I put my tail between my legs and I went upstairs and I quick jumped in the shower and then I put on my a bright colored shirt and my really cool button up and my uh, rust colored jeans and a pair of nicer boots. Mm-hmm. And I got a watch on and I put gel on my hair and I came down and she had this big grin on my on her face. <laughs> and that's something. And you felt different you know, about yourself. Yeah, right? that's a that's a really good point. It's a good story. Now, that's just between me and the woman who I'm on the 40-year plan with, right? And we've only been married 30 years, and I I apparently have another 10 to go before I'm fully socialized. (laughs) Well, you're a good learner. But I see people who are wearing fuzzy slippers and a pair of dirty pajama bottoms and and an odd-colored T-shirt coming out of their car in an ice storm going to Target. And and, I, and I'm afraid for them because mm-hmm. my mother told me, don't leave the house in dirty underpants, right? right, right? Just right. in case of what? what, you, what just in case you have a car accident and have to go to the hospital. Right. Well, that was wisdom, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there actually is an impact that you have on others in the way in which you dress. So if you choose informality or casualness over, you know, dress up, well, that's fine, but. I, I keep thinking from a Christian perspective, you know, Jesus says, what, what is the chief commandment? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and so on. Love your neighbors yourself. So what I've been doing for probably the last four or five years is I have been finding myself, uh, you know, now that I've been a Christian for, you know, 40 years. So I've been finding myself more and more making the choice of what I'd wear based on the thing that might love my neighbor the best. And that might be formality. It might be playfulness. It might be extravagance. It might be uniformity. The reason why I dress in the uniform is not for me. I I don't like people looking at me and saying, that guy's, you know, there's the priest. I don't particularly like that. I, I Sometimes I want to be anonymous. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's just a take on how we might think Christianly and have a theology of what we wear mm-hmm. um, when, when we recognize that every single thing we wear speaks volumes. If I showed up to church in a pair of swim trunks, 
and sunglasses on, well, that would say something, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of confusion. There would. People would say, Pastor Jay, are, are you on vacation? Mm-hmm. Or don't even come through these doors. You know, I can see your chest hair. <laughs> right, right. That might make people very uncomfortable. Now, that I say that I'm being very hyperbolic because that's an extreme an extreme example of me not sort of fitting my setting. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think we, if we think about our setting and how we might best fit in our setting in order to love others, um, you know, I went to Charleston, South Carolina, and I think it's one of the best dressed cities really? in the whole country. Oh, you should see the pretty dresses and the guys in the seersucker suits. Wow, even, really? Even even the people who are dressed casually are wearing, you know, um, khakis and a nice button up and people are just dressed really sharp. Yeah. And then and I come back to Pittsburgh and, and I love our city. But sometimes I think, guys, you know, we look like Step garbage. it up a little bit. Step it up. OK, no, wait, like okay no. now let me interrupt, Jay, because uh, <laughs> be, because we're out of time in the segment. But I'm going to ask you to come back in the next segment because okay. I'm going to yeah. throw I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Um, yeah. Historically, in the American evangelical church. The only yeah. people's clothes that anybody's ever cared about are girls yes. and, and women. Oh, but don't respond yet, but I do want to talk about that. <laughs> I, I think it's worth talking about. We'll get into it next mm-hmm. Thursday edition. Right. Right. Uh, okay. right. It's fashion with a pastor. That's straight ahead <laughs> on the ride home. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. 
Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers, consider Christian education. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. As America changes in an era of crisis, the mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to saturate the streets with the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting to reach every home with the gospel. At saturateusa.org, churches can adopt a zip code and receive free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials including Jesus film DVDs with free online streaming join the movement at saturateusa.org increasing cloudiness tonight a shower in spots late low 36 tomorrow breezy with periods of rain from late morning on high 55 windy and mild tomorrow night periods of rain and a thunderstorm low 51 winds gusting past 45 miles per hour saturday with some sunshine then turning cloudy a shower in the area in the morning then a heavy gusty thunderstorm in the afternoon the high 62 with your accuweather forecast i'm drew shannon we're talking about clothing fashion the Reverend Jay Slocum, he's the rector of St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia. And thanks for being up for this, Jay. You know, in talking about clothing and how what we wear impacts the people around us, in all the years that I was growing up, and I think this, I, I don't want to speak for the entire evangelical culture, but I, I will. Oh, give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whenever the idea of what you wear affecting the people around you, it was always a mandate to girls that you need to be careful what you wear modesty i because it's modesty because the the poor men in your life cannot control themselves and so you know you need to do whatever you have to do cover it exactly and if something goes wrong then it's your fault because you shouldn't have been dressed like that um so jay off the top of your head your 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 feedback your thoughts on that so i have Two beautiful daughters who are grown, and one is studying, you know, um, art and design, and has her own, you know, clothing business. You know, um, she sells, you know, vintage clothing and upscale clothing. So this is not a new conversation for me. And they both went to private Christian schools, so um, all the way through college, right? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. So the 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 weird fragmentation is we're, we're just going to focus on modesty and immodesty. Um, those two, that's that one category. We're not going to talk about having too many clothes. We're not going to talk about the notion of uniformity versus self-expression or playfulness or utility or formality or informality. Let's throw some new ones out. How about beauty? How about whimsy? Mm. How about playfulness? Mm-hmm. How about creativity? How about wearing clothes that show cur- courage or mistrust or rebellion. Um, so I, I went to a private fundamentalist Baptist uh, high school where we had to have a, a uniform. You had to have your hair above your head. You had to have a collared shirt. You couldn't wear sneakers. And you had to wear pants. So I would wear yellow pants 
I would wear shoes with no socks. I would wear a button up with no sleeves on it. I cut them off, and I got I got myself a mohawk. <laughs> well, that was a look. I fit the dress code. Right, you met all the rules. <laughs> but but what was I? Uh, so for boys in in the evangelical community, you're not allowed to 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 be a nonconformist. Hmm. So the equivalent hmm. for the girls yeah. having to be modest, modest is conformity. It, and for us, for the boys, you had to be a conformist because a, a, a nonconformist is a rebel, and that has to be bad. But so you, we go with we go with uniformity for boys and and modesty for girls. And so what we're really saying is, you know, if a girl expresses her beauty or her whimsy or her playfulness or creativity, we're just going to ignore that. We're only going to focus on how high her skirt is or what if she is a very shapely person. And, you know, my girls had some friends who got kicked out of prom because they uh, – their dress conformed, but they were just so curvy that people were ogling them. And so they got told that they had to go back and find something else to wear. That is really sad. That's a really sad story to me, Jay. And I think that uh, when you, when we talk about clothing as someone who, you know, you have two girls, I have two girls mm -hmm. as well. Um, is that when girls dress themselves, and I'm not I'm not looking at the Cardi B, you know, side of sure. the spectrum. Yeah. I'm just talking about girls dressing themselves. I'm sure it includes Cardi B when I say this is that every girl wants to think wants to be thought of as beautiful by the people around her. That's yes. just the way girls are. Uh, and so that that's the first thing that goes into it. But the second thing is it takes a measure of courage to dress your body. And oftentimes mm -hmm. we do a bad job of it. Um, but the thought that someone would choose a dress at prom and then would be sent home because she's too curvy is just a really that potentially yeah, yeah. could be an extremely hurtful experience for a young woman. Sure. Now, we can see, though, how fashion has been used to oppress people, because during the time of Elizabeth, you know, the peasants were made to wear woolen caps. Mm -hmm. So you can use fashion in a pretty horrendous way. I always tell my girls, look, you don't men, men we us men have 35 percent more muscle mass and, and our skeletal systems are 35 percent more uh, stronger and our, our power is external and you you all have your sexuality both inside of you and outside of you're very complex and your beauty is a a good amount of the power and strength you have so I just never went for the whole, it's your fault for being beautiful. Um, and, often, and my girls dressed um, elegantly and, and wonderfully, and they didn't want to be objectified. They didn't want to dress in a way that would cause them to be objectified. But I, I always pushed back and said, hey, you know, the way you, you dress is, uh, it's very, it has all these elements to it. And uh, again, I go back to the big, the big question for us is how might, you, if you're a teenager going to prom, how might you dress in such a way that you love your neighbor? Mm -hmm. And wearing a gray sack isn't very one isn't very fun. It doesn't bring beauty to the world. And but there's lots of ways to dress, and 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 that will allow you to um, show all kinds of expressions. Um, after all, the Lord gave us this mandate: uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill the whole earth, and subdue it. And that means make culture and express your dominion in, in all kinds of creative ways. Mm -hmm. And that means how we dress ourselves. Yeah. Jay, um, 
I visited a, um, a church that uh, serves a college campus, and um, it's interesting because you know you're surrounded by college kids in, in the pews, and you see all manner of fashion. I mean, uh, you know, everything from you know sort of high fashion, not you know not couture or anything like that, but you know it sort of runs the gamut. But was was interesting to me was that the pastor, unlike yourself was not in, a, in not in a denomination where he had to wear a collar but he was dressed in a suit and tie. And so mm-hmm. I wondered about that. I mean there he is, he's a a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but he is his congregation essentially they're wearing jeans or sweats So they're and way t-shirts. more casual than him. Much more casual okay. than mm-hmm. him. So there is a disconnect there and I wonder if something's lost in translation from one fashion trend to another. Oh, I think there's all kinds of disconnections, you know, from the person wearing PJs and and, uh, bedroom slippers in an ice storm to a pastor not even remotely wearing clothing that connects or relates to his congregation. So if you have a super informal congregation but a very formal pastor, it, it says something. So the whole point is whether you like it or not, how you dress expresses something very profound sometimes more than your words do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because that Im- so, yeah, that Im- yeah, that impression that you're making is saying something. Yeah. Yeah, huh. This That's was a right. really interesting conversation, Jay. Oh, this is a, yeah. a subject a subject that I didn't expect and I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So wait, so Yeah, I'm doing work on it and uh hopefully going to write some stuff on it and we'll see where it goes. Well, what's that like for you just before you leave us, Jay, you know, as a as a bicycle guy, do you ever show up with your bicycle guys wearing a collar? You know, a couple times I've showed up at the bike shop, and uh, I I was on the I, once I was on the way to a funeral, and they all said, "Hey, Father Jay, mm-hmm. he's in his uniform," mm-hmm. and you know I got laughed at, and and got you know in bike shops everybody gives each other a hard time, and and that that was they gave it to me, you know, um, but you know for me when I'm not in either of my roles where I have to wear very utilitarian clothing, I love getting dressed up because I have cool clothes and I very seldomly get to, get to wear them. Myself. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I'm not, when I get home from both of my jobs of, as a bike restorer and a pastor, I like to wear some cool stuff in different colors. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can, bring people some joy when they see me looking well, you know, yeah. rather than get an old sack. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, before we leave us, talk about uh, the the series that you're doing, A Theology Of, at St. Thomas Anglican Church in Gibsonia. Yeah, we're going to do a, a six-week series. We're going to do a theology of place, a theology of clothing. Uh, we're going to do a theology of kindness. <laughs> Um, and I have, I have about four others that we haven't landed on. I'm waiting for feedback from other folks, but, uh, we're going to sort of try to do practical theology and stuff that you normally wouldn't hear from the pulpit because, you know, we preach from the word of God and, and write from a book and a chapter and a verse. So oftentimes I don't get room to talk about some of these more playful or unusual topics. I like it. Jay, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Uh, it's, you, you bring us an unusual sort of uh, venue of thought, and we're, we're grateful for that. Yeah, happy to do so. Our pleasure. 
Jay Slocum. He's the rector at St. Thomas Anglican Church, Gibsonia, Pennsylvania. Rector Jay Slocum. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Honey, is our car still under warranty? Well, not anymore. My sister just got an extended service plan from Ox Car Care. Ox Car Care? Yep, Ox will cover our repair bills if anything happens to the car, new brakes, a transmission, AC, or engine problems. Plus, Ox Car Care offers free oil changes, tire rotation, and road assistance. Wait, we pay nothing on repairs? Ox gets it fixed for us? Free oil changes, free tire rotation, and free roadside assistance? What's the number? 800-294-7524. Ox has a 30-day money-back guarantee and is A-plus rated on the Better Business Bureau. They handle their claims from start to finish, unlike the other warranty companies. We should call now. 800-294-7524. All right, the last thing we need is an unexpected car repair bill. I'm calling Ox Car Care now. Call Ox Car Care for your free quote, 800 800- 800-294-7524 or online at oxcarcare.com. Ask about senior and military discounts. Don't get stuck with the major car repair bill. Call Ox Car Care today, 800-294-7524. Ryan, I know that zit is the size of Rudolph's flashing nose. And Ryan, I know you've struck out the last 13 times at bat, but it can't last forever. I think we've all had moments where things aren't going great, but someone reminds us that better days are ahead. This is one of those moments. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and luckily, interest rates are not forever. I had a friend say to me the other day, Ryan, we've been dreaming about a new home, and home prices have finally slowed up a bit. But now, interest rates are up, and we don't know what to do. And the reality is, that zit won't last forever. We're seeing hundreds of listeners buy the dream home today, while they can, with the plan to refinance tomorrow when rates settle. And we'll help a bit as well. Word FM listeners get a $1,000 lender credit at closing. And our direct lender advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Books, books, books. Is Is there a book in your life that is like the seminal book that you come mm. back to? Something that's really, that yeah. you think about, that it marinates in your life? Yes. I have I have a couple. Really? Do I have to narrow it down? Just give me a book. Okay. A book that's fiction. Re- okay, I have one fiction and one, one nonfiction. How about that? Okay. I would say uh, I keep, Lord of the Rings has to be the book oh, really? in fiction. It comes back to you. It has to be. Um but the other one uh, for nonfiction has to be The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what about you? Well, 
mean, it's hard for me to. I know. It's right, but and, and the Bible's excluded from right, this conversation. Right, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I think about a book that I absolutely love that I go back to and I've read several times. It's called My Name Is Asher. Oh Leff. my gosh, I love that book. Shine Potter. That is the most gorgeous. Oh man, my that... name is Asher Leff. Um, it's a struggle between religious righteousness and the Art artist's and... way of life. And the and, search for beauty. Yes. And how those two things, a long time ago, well, not that long time ago, but they were mutually exclusive from each other. Isn't that what we were just talking to Jay exactly. Slocum about? That's exactly why it made me think of it. And the, the overlay of faith and creativity together and how we as believers integrate it or not and what that does to us or not. And how people look at that issue can divide. Mm-hmm. My name is Asher Lev. It's a really it's a, a spectacular. It is a spectacular novel. novel. It's a really deep dive into something that's spectacular it, yeah. novel. Uh, Lex, what do you think? You have any? I'm kind of like you, and I have a fiction book and I have a nonfiction book. Okay, I'm ready. So my fiction book or the series, it's The Hunger Games. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, recently, I rewatched the movies and I went, man, I got to reread the books because the books are so much more nuanced than the movies as they usually are. Yeah. And wow, I forget how amazing they are at telling a really good story of tragedy. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. Okay. But yeah. the nonfiction book is something that I read in college, um, and it was written by one of my professors. It's called The Just and Loving Gaze of God with Us, Paul's Apocalyptic Political Theology. It's by Henry Spaulding III. Mm. And it's an amazing book. Really? Yeah. And why does it stick with you? It sticks with me. Well, I think part of it is because he was my professor, and so... We got to talk more with him about the book, but it really just gives a different perspective on Paul's theology, and I absolutely love it. Um, there is one more book that I am thinking of. Um, give me one moment to bring it up, and I'll yeah, you go okay. I'll come back. All right, John, do you have another one? Um, I read a book maybe I don't know three months ago. It's called um, The Book of Awe. Or awe, A-W- A-W-E, okay. the science of everyday wonder and how it can transform your life and faith. And I think about it often because we, we live in such an awe-filled world and we are more often than not blind to the miracle of awe, the gifts that surround us. Hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful book. It's a small book. It's a simple book. It's that message, basically. Look up. Open your eyes. See what's around you. Be aware. Breathe in all this that has been given to you because there'll be a time when your eyes close and you you will not be here to partake in this this gift we've been given. Mm -hmm. The Book of Awe. When I brought up the Lord of the Rings, to me, there are so many parallels in life about uh, having a mission from God, God yeah. telling a bigger story than you, that you uh, you don't understand the bigness of the story God is telling in your little tiny part of it, yeah. um, what it means to just put one foot in front of the other. Showing up. Just showing up, mm-hmm. what it means to be a friend who sticks with someone who's fighting, what it means that e- that good conquers evil, yeah. what it means that evil's real. I mean, there's just, it's, the, it's so rich. I, I think about this so often. Rich. Uh, as far as you know, creatives in this world, whether you know you're an, a writer, uh, fiction and or nonfiction, whether you're a filmmaker or whatever it is your medium, the 
fraught overlay of society today. How does that shape or uh, equip or wither artistic inclinations? You know, I think about it, especially, you know, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a theater child and I look at, you know, whether it's the public theater or city theater or, you know, what's coming to town or Broadway, what comes to the fore now and how that is interpreted, especially if you're doing a season like, you know, like a local theater has to do a season of plays. How do they do that? That uh, it encompasses oh, that all that big tent and a big tent at the same time providing enough thought and revenue to continue on the process that's a complicated equation i think it is and i think this is a fairly new equation considering where we are politically socially today yes and so i just think about it you know in a in a macro level and then of course the micro level to the artist as he thinks or she thinks about herself Especially because in current culture, art has to equal activism. Exactly. Everyone's an artist. Well, you'll see people today, you know, they call themselves artist slash activist. Which it goes hand like, in like hand. that's the only thing art is, for goodness sake. Lex? Well, I guess in its truest form. Um, the other book that I am thinking of is called The Cross and the Lynching Tree by James H. Cohn. Oh, I know that book. It's an amazing book. And I can't say it any better than this. Um Coney explores the symbols of the cross and the lynching tree and their interconnection in the history and souls of black folk. Mm -hmm. Um, Both the cross and the lynching tree represent the worst in human beings and at the same time a thirst for a life that refuses to let the worst determine our final meaning. Uh Wow. I'm not familiar with that book. It's an amazing book. It's kind of funny you bring this up because when I was a Catholic schoolboy in the sixth grade, we had what would be described today as a progressive nun. And she was a nun. She probably was maybe, you know, in her late 20s, maybe, but she was young. And she read us the book, Black Like Me. Was she black? No. Okay. She was just a young progressive. And it's the story, a true story, about a guy who goes, to, he, I don't know how he did this, he took injections that, changed his pigmentation from white to black. Mm. And then he went into the South and chronicled his his life. And what it was like. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, that was an eye-opener for me. I think about that often, and I've not read that book since. I mean, it's been 50 years. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. We're so glad you're along. The Bucks are up 4-2 over the Reds. Yeah, nice. I love it. It's the opening day edition, The Ride Home. Is your car still under warranty? No, not anymore. My mechanic just suggested an extended service plan from Ox Car Care. Ox Car Care? Yeah, Ox will cover repair bills if anything happens to the car. New brakes, transmission, AC, or engine problems. Plus, Ox Car Care offers free oil changes, tire rotation, and roadside assistance. Wait, you pay nothing on repairs? Ox gets it fixed? Free oil changes, free tire rotation, and free roadside assistance? Yeah, you don't pay. Ox pays. Ox even has a 30-day money-back guarantee and is A-plus rated on the BBB. They handle their claims from start to finish, unlike those other warranty companies. The last thing I need is an unexpected car repair bill. I'm calling Ox Car Care now. Call Ox Car Care for your free. 
free quote, 800-294-7524. Ask about senior and military discounts. Don't get stuck with the major car repair bill. Call Ox today, 800-294-7524. Or log on to oxcarcare.com. Ox Car Care, 800-294-7524. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great? If the cost of your health care could go down, well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Closing out the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. It's been an eclectic show. It sure has been. We talked about clothes. Fashion and finance. We talked about finance, (laughs) uh, the mental health benefits of spring cleaning, Mm -hmm. and we're just closing out a short conversation about uh, books. Um, The Hiding Place, if people haven't read it, by Corey Ten Boom. Mm -hmm. Or if you are from the Netherlands, it's Corey Ten Boom. Boom. Right. That's the appropriate emphasis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story of uh, Corey and her sister, Betsy, and her uh, dad and her aunts who lived on a street that I walked on myself in Harlem in the Netherlands uh, during World War II and their commitment to care for their Jewish brothers and sisters once Germany came and occupied the Netherlands. That's and that must have been. how they created the hiding place, which was in um, the back of their kind of crazy house, how they uh, drilled the um, Jewish people they were protecting so that they could get back in there in time. They could all, you know what I, they could... Hide everybody. Um, the uh, commitment of her father to care for the Jewish people, that, that he felt like that was his mandate from the Lord um, as a Christian. And um, the eventual uh, capture of the family as they were given up by someone who found out about the hiding place. Mm-hmm. Um, captured and what happened to them once they were in uh, the concentration camps. Um, Corey being uh, the one who survived. Both her sister and father died. So the rise of anti-Semitism, which I'm still shocked by it. People don't go back and read. What happened before? Yeah. I mean, if people knew the story, it would eradicate anti-Semitism. Listen, if you want to be inspired... If you want to have your life changed by a real-life story, 
Corey Ten Boom's story is, it'll blow your mind if you haven't read it. And if you have read it, I bet you're nodding. You go back. I yeah. bet you're nodding and saying, yep, that story changed me too. Thanks. Hey, as always, thanks for being with us. We don't take your, uh, your, your time here with us for granted. We know that you've got lots of other choices. So thanks for being with us. And uh, have yourself a great evening. Say your prayers. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.